Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, life could be a little bit dark, it could be a little bit miserable, so we're here to bring you some light and hopefully a little bit of joy. Once again, I'm Bradley. Joining me this week, he's uh, not feeling so well this week, so unfortunately for him, fortunately for me, unfortunately for you guys... I actually get to get some words in this week because he's not feeling very well. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm normally stepping all over the podcast and causing problems, but not today. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually get to get some words in because I'm very timid and, you know, I, I'm very quiet. And Shy. Don't get to say Shy, much. retiring. Yeah, that, that sums you up to a T. <laughs> um, I don't... Do you know what, right, right? I just want to say, right... I didn't think we was that influential, Stu, right? I didn't think we was that influential. But yeah. I like to think that last week we got Suella Braverman sacked. Seemed to be, I mean, a coincidence? Or, you know, did we actually bring her down for? Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. Yeah, that lasted all of about 10 seconds before government went, how can we screw it up this week? <laughs> and they decided to vote no to a ceasefire. Well done. Oh, I know, I know. 238 ministers essentially going, nah, death is fine. That's pretty much standard for them, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, I find no matter which party it is, that always seems to be the case. I'm not going to hold Labour up as some exemplars of that. So f- oh, they're going to lose this election somehow. Who are Labour? Yeah. They might do, they might bin it. They're going to lose it to the Tories because they're just Tories in disguise. That's true. And I know many Labour supporters. I mean, I don't, I'm not a supporter of any political party. I just like whoever's the least evil. Um, but it's like, I know many Labour supporters who are going, what is going on? I'm not voting Labour because they're just as bad, if not worse at the moment with a lot of what they're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a mess. Um, an uprising has got, is, is going to come. And I think they'll, all the, uh, the posh seats are going to be in for a bit of a shock one day because... I don't know how much more as a nation we can take. Yeah, it does feel like we've kind of reached reached the brink of what can be accepted. Yeah, there's such divide everywhere. Like J.K. Rowling's been off on one again. Graham Lidham's been off on one again. Racists are rising their horrible faces again. And there's no wonder we like to escape, Stu. I haven't even got a piffy thingy this week because I just can't think of one. So... Yeah, thank God for video games sometimes. I know, too, right. And speaking of video games, what have you been playing this week, Bradley? So, as we all know, life in the country is miserable. I don't mean the country, I mean our country. Life in every country, most countries is miserable. So, you know, have you ever wanted just to get away from it or maybe climb a mountain in just complete solitude? Only every day. So, you could do that in uh, what was one of my favourite games of one of the most recent um, Next Fests on Steam. Um, and that is Jusant, Jusant, Jusant. Mm. It's French, I believe, and it means something. It's not... Anyway, it's a mountain climbing um, game of sorts um, that has a very pastel graphic style, which I really like. I really like that soft tones graphic style. It reminds me a lot of um, the TV code games in like visual presentation. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, you basically with this game, you're climbing a mountain as a story kind of unfolds around you. And I won't tell anything about the story and, and the secrets that are there within because that's massive spoilers and will ruin the experience. Um, but I, yeah, I've just had a wonderful time with this game. Um, the climbing in it is really intuitive. 
Um, and it's just as simple as you use um, your right trigger for your right hand, your left trigger for your left hand, and left stick to basically reach for things and move. Um, you release, you like hold the right trigger to grip something with your right hand and release it to let go. Same with your left hand, but with the left trigger. And then you move up and around the mountain, finding various grips and, and things like that. And um, yeah, it's, it's for a mechanic that people generally hate in the likes of Uncharted or Tomb Raider or, Zelda, or the Legend of Zelda games, um, or the two recent Legend of Zelda games, um, they've built a game around the entire mechanic and made it interesting and fun, so much so that the next Uncharted or whatever really has to think about how they do their climbing mechanics because it shows it can be fun and interesting and not just an add-on. Um, and yeah, the vistas in this game are beautiful. Um, it's it's like really good. You're literally just climbing up and up and up and up and across and up and up and across again. And um, you discover something new. You might have some like towers and things you might need to get where, where there's been inhabitants before. You might be in some very lonely places that are just pure like mountain, like rock cliff face or mountain face or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then there's like these weird secrets you, you unlock. Um, there's caves to go into. Um, and considering you got about there's loads of different sort of like biomes in there as well. And it's just like this natural progression of a story that happens whilst you're climbing. It's not told to you with any voices. There's no narrative, there's like actual like in your face narrative. It's just something that naturally happens as you're as you're climbing and discovering the world. And it's just it's absolutely beautiful and it is pure, pure escapism. And yeah, absolutely stunning game. Yeah, well, we talked about it all quite a while ago. I think when you played the demo, because um, yes. I asked about, uh, you know, what's the value to it versus of VR climbing games, of which there are a lot of them. Um, and it's because it sounds like it does a similar control thing. And you know, you said then as, as now really that uh, it's more like a kind of like eco or journey or flower that kind of an experiential game yes um so that yeah it does sound really intriguing i think i'm going to try it out and i think it's got quite a quite a positive response and quite a big response because isn't it on game pass as well i believe it's on xbox game pass i've got it on steam yeah. so i can play it on my steam deck because that's where i play all my games <laughs> uh, but yeah it's <clears throat> i believe you can get it for now um if you've got a, a game pass sub um it's by don't nod um, so you know it's quality. Yes. You know, even people who turn around and say to me, oh, they've made some stinkers, I turn around and say, no, remember me, he's bloody good, you're just wrong. Um, yeah. You know, they cut their teeth on on experimental games. and uh, You know, time will tell with that one. People will look back on that one day and go, actually, that was really good because it was good. Um, and you can see almost elements of, because that adds some really good natural climbing to it as well. Uh, you could you could almost sense a little bit of that in there because I say that that the way you traversed in um, Remember Me was really natural compared to other games of the time as well, and that's what really got me onto it. Um, and, but yeah, this this is just takes everything about climbing it that, that is usually trash and just makes it fun. Um, and I say it's just great to be. It's a wonderful world to be in. Um, I, I just don't want to say too much because the discovery in it is sublime. 
uh, both from the extra things you find to help you climb to the mysteries you'll you'll discover. All of that is just brilliant. And just the visuals, considering you're climbing up a snowy mountain, just the diverse amount of biomes and visual changes are there is really something to behold. Um, I did wonder from the demo whether it might be a bit samey um, and lose its impact. Not a chance. It keeps the same impact throughout the game. Doesn't outstay its welcome. It's short enough. It's got a lovely atmospheric soundtrack to it. And yeah, I just, yeah, absolutely stunning. Yeah, good stuff. I might have to rebuy Remember Me because I had it on, oh, what was it? Probably PS3? Xbox 360, PS3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had it. Probably get it for about 50p on Steam. Yeah, it was four fifty nine in a sale at the moment until the twenty first of November. It's the sixteenth as we as we write. So yeah, if you're interested, you got a few if you days. You can't get four pound fifties worth of value out of it. Then there's something wrong. I mean, it is flawed. I mean, I don't want to re-review. Remember me. It's not the best game ever. It is flawed, but it's nowhere near as bad as a lot of people made it out. And I, I one of the at the time when I was just like originally doing reviews and stuff like that, where I was flying through everything. It's one of the games I actually spent so much time with and completed completely. Completely, com- completely finished 100%. There you go, that's the word. So, yeah. Worth it, I think, definitely. So, what's your one game this week, Stu? Well, it's just one, but it's a big one. Because um, everything, of course, as we've said, is stacked towards the end of the year, which makes trying to fit everything in fun if you want to review these things. Um, but I, you know, took the plunge and it was definitely worth it. And that is Cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty which is the d it's called a dlc but it's it's yeah like the witcher blood and wine it's big enough to be considered a game in its own right really um yeah it's like probably 12 hours or so but massive for dlc and um yeah oh they've done it again they've they've done it again they've they've had a great core game and then the dlc is just absolutely knocked it out of the park towards the next park past that park and into the next city boundaries so it kind of takes everything that was good about Cyberpunk 2077, which was a lot. It was an excellent, excellent game. I know that it had like teething problems and of course that you know, changes how people feel about a game. But it was a really good game, even with some of the bugs. And then they've kind of stomped all the bugs and they've also now done um, the DLC, which has incorporates all of the changes. It's got a new kind of development and weapon system and upgrade paths that are like more applicable to what you're doing they're easier to understand and they have better perks and more importantly than that because I, I always enjoyed the kind of the weapon combat systems all of that anyway well even better than that even though that's improved there the interactions with people have got even better and again that was already good so what it does so well, it kind of makes them sort of prescriptive. So it's still an RPG. It's not kind of like <clears throat> you're just wandering around like a Bethesda game and you'll you know speak to people and sometimes what they say is interesting and sometimes it's not. It's got that thing where everyone's part of a faction. You have a relationship to that faction, whether it's positive or negative or neutral. And there are people within those factions, some of whom you'll need to connect with and some who you'll want to avoid or you want to have combat with and you've got special characters who you need to have full you know they take you off on branching paths of narrative and the way that it flows and intermingles with all those things is so good the pace is kind of really amazing it never flags 
but it doesn't feel like it's pushing you too hard to do one particular thing or go in a certain direction. But at the same time, it doesn't make you think, oh my God, a nuclear bomb's falling out the sky, but can you go off and collect, you know, 20 rupees for this person before you stop that happening? Yeah. It, it, the balance of that is really clever. And overall, you know, CG Project Red just feel like they've they've picked apart all the things that make a Western RPG and just discarded the fluff and, and just left it out. Um, it looks amazing. It looks even better now that it's been you know, it's on patch 2.02 at the time of recording. Um, it moves beautifully. It looks incredible on a PC. It looks very, very good on Steam Deck. Like it's, it works surprisingly well. Um, yeah. It's basically, it's it's right at the end of the year, pushing right into, into my top 10. It's really good. Mm. So a couple of questions. Um, first things first. We said... I want to say towards the end of 2021. When did this first release, by the way? Was it 2021 it released? It was 2020, 20... unbelievably. Jesus, was it that December 2020, yeah. And I remember we had a discussion about um, could this, the mess of the release, could it sink CD Project Red? Because everything they were saying, like that there are PR coming out of it and everything was just shocking at the time. Um, is this up there with No Man's Sky in terms of redemption arc? Well, I suppose to put the question back to you is: do you, do you feel like it needed that much redemption? Do you do you feel it was? I, that bad I do. Right. I, I I do. Yeah, it, not just because of the bugs and everything. It was the attitude towards it, the marketing towards it. Don't forget, Sony pulled the game off their off their store uh, because it was that bad as well. Plus, they had the the issues with how they was writing uh, uh, trans characters and things like that and stories that were coming out about crunch and stuff like that. It just seemed like everything was hitting them at once. Um, yeah. And I say that culminating with a mess of a release, um, whether everyone had that or not, you know, doesn't matter. It, it got out there um, how bad of a mess it was. I, I felt that I could easily have gone the way of, what was that really bad Assassin's Creed? I don't say all of them. Ah, oh. um, <laughs> oh, the one that was set in France. But anyway, the really, really bad Assassin's Creed that absolutely tanked the way they did things because I think they were talking about it was the same game where like um, Ubisoft Montreal or whatever it was that made that one were talking about. You couldn't um, just make female characters. It was difficult to add female characters into the game or, or something. It was some some bollocks and it had all the bugs with the teeth and the eyes and stuff like that. It was yeah. that levels of bad. Um and I, I didn't see a recovery for that particular game. I, I, I really imagined CD Projekt Red getting it out to a point where it was passable and then just moving on to going, oh, look, here's Witcher 4 or something like that to try and sort of like divert attention away. So, yeah, I, I'm impressed with what they've done here. Um, and they've stuck to it and they've rewarded those who were along for the journey. I, I think it's really impressive of them. Uh, credit where credit's due um, to them, I think. Yeah, I mean, we kind of being on the inside of it a bit more um, see a lot of the failings, and I think, of that initial release. And I think that the, the general public didn't always have such a bad regard of it. I think mainly because on the new consoles, it ran really well. Um, it had to be, you know, pulled from the old consoles. And it? I mean, I think it, disappeared off the store completely but um yeah. it was really only ps4 and, and xbox 
whatever they're called, the one that I've got, <laughs> where it was really, really unplayable. And there were some issues on the, the PC versions, basically. Yeah. There were problems with the PC versions, but they weren't insurmountable, and some of them could be brute-forced out of the way. And I think the overall view of that, plus the issue with like trans representation and some of the sexism in the game, um, made it all feel a bit of a mess. Um, it's on a technical... Let's deal with the trans thing first. It's far less sexist than it was, I'm really pleased to say. Yeah. There's still a couple of billboards that are, are kind of sexist in a way that, yeah, you, you, I think they're trying to say, oh, we're in on the joke. We're, we're, we're using the male gaze as a, as a joke kind of thing here. Yeah. And I don't think they are, and I don't think they've succeeded in that. I think they've learned that lesson, but they've left a couple in because otherwise it's it wouldn't be the same world that it was. Of course. Which I don't condone necessarily, but they're practically non-existent now in Dogtown, which is the new area that you're in, and a couple of the new areas I've I've seen. Yeah, it's pretty much gone. You can you can have um, any body type that you want uh, now as well, which yeah. is great with any genitalia you want. You could I think you could do that in the original game as well. So I remember being quite surprised that that was in there, considering the furore yeah. around it. Yes, exactly. So I, I think they wanted to. I think they thought they were clever walking a tight rope between, you know, having yeah. sort of LGBTQ plus uh, representation and showing hypersexualized imagery. Um, thinking, oh, I think they, I think they understood satire like Aladdin's mother set understands exactly, irony. Exactly. I think it was it was tonal yeah. whiplash. I think they got it wrong. Um, yeah. I think they've made up for it now to to a degree at least. Um, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, and we always say that if you make a mistake own the mistake and that's what they've seemingly done so proof will be in the pudding for whatever their next game is but yeah seemingly benefit of the doubt they seem to have learned from their mistakes yeah they do and um, on a technical level it was never as bad as Starfield was on the PC good god that thing was an absolute mess so uh, yeah all that Assassin's Creed game I've no idea which one I I haven't bought one of them in 15 years but um, yeah so it, it, yeah, it's technically excellent. It's it's peer, almost peerless looking. Um, it runs really well on practically anything that you put it on. The story's great. It's it's just a really excellent video game now. And I think, you know, yeah, I think it's turned it around to answer the question. Yeah. Excellent. And the, the other question I've got about it, and I, I can't remember this, I need to go back and play it. And I, I've, I've never really got that far into it yet. Um I've just been playing Yakuza, not Yakuza, because it's not Yakuza anymore. I've been playing uh, Like a Dragon Guide and the Man Who Raised His Name, because that's the title. Um, and it is fully self-contained. Um, there's stuff to, loads of stuff to do in it, so ambition, stuff like that. Um, and they've just made the wonderful like single-player experience that doesn't feel like it's got any need for any microtransactions or, or needless add-ons or anything like that. Uh, both the main game and the DLC both completely self-contained you don't feel like you've got to buy anything extra or anything like that to get the most they're out completely of it. linked you can't you can't get the dlc uh even if you buy the dlc if you've not played yeah no no so what what, what i meant was there's no sort of like microtransactions or gubbins is there or, no. or like no good no 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 mtx no uh yeah nothing else needed nope uh yeah, no, good. I'm glad that I've, I, it's one I've got to get round to playing. I, I didn't play The Witcher until a few years after it came out, so I think that's how I do things with CD project games. So I'll, I'll get to it. 
I'll get to That's it. That's the rule of thumb for like 99% of any RPGs. Don't bother with them for at least a year. <laughs> I'm just an yeah. idiot for jumping in on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I, I say virtual tourism. Uh, we should do another feel on actual virtual tourism uh, one day because I say you played see, uh, played uh, Cyberpunk and me played the uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon games. Um, they are the best examples of virtual tourism, I think, and show how you can make good open worlds without having to be empty. Yeah. yeah. What I want to know about Like a Dragon is which is the one that allows you to play Daytona because I'm tempted to buy it just for that. Uh, that's this one. Uh, like a Dragon, Guider, the man who erased his name. Cool. So, just very quickly, right, with that, here's a list of the games, right? This isn't even including, like, the traditional Japanese, like, shogi games and stuff like that and slot car racing and karaoke. These are just the video games you can play in the arcade. Your Alex Kidd in Miracle World, Alien Syndrome, Enduro Racer, Fantasy Zone, Fantasy Zone 2, Galaxy Force, Global Defense, Maze Hunter 3D... Quartet and Secret Command, Flicky, um, Virtua Fighter 2, Sonic the Fighters, Fighting Vipers 2, and of course Daytona USA 2. Oh my god, that's insane. And as I said it as I said in my review, it's a better compilation of retro games than an actual retro game compilation. That is nuts. That is such good value. Yeah. That's amazing. And there's claw machines in the arcades and penny pushers and things like that. So, you know. Wow. Um, and so the game cool. itself is amazing. You know, I'll buy it just to, like get access, and people will buy it just to get access to Daytona USA. Case in point, Stu. Um, Precisely. But yeah, and I like the um, on all the uh, Yakuza games, the uh, like the arcade retro games you get to play are really well emulated. Again, it's Sega just know how to do things with stuff like that. They absolutely do. Yeah. Oh, but if you want to yeah. find out more, if you want to find out more about Yakuza Like a Dragon games, check out my coverage on the uh, site. There we go. Absolutely. Uh, bit, bit, bit of self-promotion. So, moving on from the Vincible... Vincible, is that a word? Vincible? I don't know. No. From the Vincible world of cyberpunk to... The world of the invincible. That is really bad. <laughs> That's a bad segue. But oh, I'm interested because I I was tempted to buy the invincible. It's uh yeah, it's interesting. Kind of went through a stage, didn't we, where we had a lot of games where the theme was is there a are we starting to see the blend of movie and TV and gaming and stuff like that? You know, is it now just there's no definitive? Oh, here's a video game. Here's a TV show. Here's a movie. In a way, of telling a story. And then we kind of got away from that a bit and went back to traditional video gamey mechanics to tell stories. So what I think you've got here is uh, Star Wars Industries have made The Invincible. And it's like a story-driven adventure set on a nondescript planet, shall we say. It might be a real-world planet or a real-universe planet. I don't know. It might be, might not be whatever it's not one we've been to Stu on holiday or anything like that oh, right. okay uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been um, to a few. it's called yeah discover the planet regis 3 could be real don't know um unless you tell me you went there after going to cornwall last week i don't know <laughs> right um, but yeah you end up on this planet and it's like oh no what's going on your memory's hazy and then you go you get kind of like the story kind of pushes you in a direction where you've got to go. You've got to discover this planet and the story unfolds. Um, and it's this, it's got like this typical sci-fi AI type thing that's going on. 
your crewmates are missing. You discover maybe you crashed there, kind of thing. And sort of like, you go, oh, no, where, where, where are the rest of the crew? And, oh, we have to go looking for them. And then you do it, you see some sort of like, you get threats from elsewhere that you're like, oh, my God, what's this? This is alien, obviously, and I don't know what to do. Um, and then you kind of, like, make, there's, like, choices to be made within the game. And it's according to them, it's very much science-driven in that way it's not like totally unbelievable um, and I always take that kind of thing with a pinch of salt when it's set on a different planet because it's like is it I don't know I'll, I'll take your word for it um, I'm too stupid to know the difference so yeah so it, it starts off that you're sort of like you're discovering this world trying to look for crewmates and just more and more unfolds and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper um, and then obviously mysteries and science sci-fi type things happen and it's a really really intriguing story that's well told it's well voice acted as well um, i can't remember who's in it if there's anyone of any note in it in terms of voices i don't think it's got um who's the knobhead um <laughs> yeah uh, i don't think it's got like troy baker or anything in it uh because it doesn't mention him so i'm guessing he's not in it yeah um, you know otherwise it'll be troy baker's the invincible starring troy baker as troy baker uh, anyway, um, so I don't think it's got anyone of note. Apologies if it has, um, and I'm doing you a disservice. But it, yeah, it's really well acted, voice acted. Um, you get drawn into it really, really well. The atmosphere in it is wonderful. The vistas you get to see are absolutely glorious. Um, and yet the story is really, really, really intriguing. And from what is generally feeling like a walking simulator for the most part, has quite a lot of interactivity that really bridges, again, a gap that I didn't realise was there between full-on walking simulator and full-on video game. It's, it's so It's managed to find itself a little hole somewhere that we didn't know existed um, and then carved something out for itself. It's really, really good. Really atmospheric. Um, I wouldn't say enjoyable because it's not a fun game, so to speak. But it's an intriguing game that you want to be part of. It's like watching a, you know, one of those films where you're a bit on edge watching it and not quite enjoying it. But you, you can't think of another word for it. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's good. Because that's kind of what I wanted out of it, with it being... It's kind of like a representation of a novel, isn't it? It's, it's trying to yes. it out an actual novel, not uh, in the style of a novel. So, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely keeping my eye on that one. I'm not kind of, I have to have it now with it because mm -hmm. there's just so much stuff kind of lined up. But I'm definitely going to get it down the line sometime, I think. Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're on one of these again where it's like a decent price. So I should have said, like, previously, the... Um, the uh, uh, Juson is or Juson again I'm not French or anything like that it's just over 20 quid this is 25 quid we're looking at really well made games at a decent price point as well compared to 70 quid for whatever you know broken trash might come out from Activision or whatever um, so again we're finding good prices for good solid games and proving once again indie titles aren't just pixel graphics Exactly, exactly, yeah. I've played so many this year that are that good. Well, what about Out of Wake 2? Did you play that? I'm sure you was playing Out of Wake 2, weren't you? I am. Is I can talk more on that next week, if you like, because uh, 
there's more to feedback on that one, I think. Definitely do. Because I think Steph Sterling, I, I was surprised he like, said, not Steph Sterling, that's something completely different. Um, the new escapist thingy with Yahtzee. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Second Wind. Second Wind, yeah, he um, hated it. He's his show. Yes. Um, and I was like, because he sounded like he was building it up to be something he really liked. And then he went in on it. I was like, oh God, I've missed you. You've only been <laughs> away a couple of weeks, but I've missed you, Yahtzee. I, do you know, I'm one of them who hasn't heard heard his reviews for a long time. I, I, yeah. I need a kind of break from him every now and again. Well, <laughs> I kind of need to... Yeah, no, he can get a bit much at yeah. times because he goes for the... Um, satirical I'm going to dump on everything even if it's good kind of thing and it can get a bit much yeah yeah I like people who, who are kind of chill as well <laughs> kind of you know it's like me yeah exactly <laughs> you bring the zen to my life but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah but I like dipping in every now and again to some of his stuff and, and yeah it's a good it's a really good review very funny but yeah man he hates that game yeah yes um, so yeah but anyway Check him out. They need your numbers. I don't know. I'm checking it. Sense. I don't think they do. Do you know, ironically enough, they were like, oh, supporters, we're all uh, blah, 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 this, that, and, you know, so we're on our own now, blah, blah, blah. And then there's like 200,000 subscribers. <laughs> and I know. I saw the, I saw the credits I, after his exactly uh, video. I was going to say, I was I gonna say five. that. Five. Can I have, can you send me five of the those? patrons. Oh, my God. Yeah. If they're get if they're not bringing in a hundred grand a month from that le- that that oh, no. Patreon list, I don't know what they're doing wrong because that's a huge number of people. I know, I know. So a bit of cross promotion, yeah. Right, we've done you a favour, Second Wind and Yahtzee and everyone else there. Right, we've done you a favour, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just pay it, pay it forward. You know? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Or pay it back in well, this yeah, case. Reciprocate. Yeah. Yeah, we want it back. Just five, five of your Patreon subscribers will do. Okay. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, just one I want to touch on um, briefly because it's one I've... It's, I don't think I'm going to get a chance to play... Enough, I will play enough of it, but it's one of those I'm going to play little bits over many, many months. Um, so it's kind of going to be... I've only played a couple of hours of it, so here's a couple of hours in review. And it's My Time at Sandrock which is a quasi-sequel of My Time at Porsche, I believe. Um, okay. I'm sure that's what it is, My Time at Porsche. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, like a quasi-sequel to that, or set in the same world or whatever. I didn't really play My Time at Porsche, so I don't really know. Uh, but basically, it's a, a life sim sandbox adventure rpg style game so you play as your character which you can make as you want um and you go you turn up on this like ranch type area it's like desert like western style grand canyony type world um and you're the new community builder or some some something like that it's, it's an onboarding process because the old ones leaving and you've got to go over and then you've got, a, for some reason, it's all in ruin. Um, so you've got to rebuild the town of, well, the, the, the settlement of Sandrock. Um, you've got to go out, you've got to gather resources, convert them, trade them, etc., etc., etc. Do farming, do building, uh, create relationships, make machines. Um, and you get a workshop and you've got to turn it into a production like this facility factory type thing and make the 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 town of sandrock a like an economic behemoth 
essentially. Um, and it's got like you go in there and you like you meet various different characters. You can romance some of the characters, so it's got like this sim aspect to it. Um, and yeah, it's. I started playing it, and I just went, "Oh, I don't know. This 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 is going to be a bit trash, isn't it? It's like it's got." I, an art style that I don't know is charming or revolting. I, I just can't work out what I feel about the art style. Um, it looks a bit mobile-ish, but it doesn't at the same time. Um, but it's so... I, yeah, I can't get my head around it. Uh, but not in a negative way. But anyway, it starts off and it does all these things. And it's like, oh, God, it's going to be like very... Oh, go and dig this. Um, and maybe it used to be a mobile game and it's going to be like, oh, you've got to wait half hour for this to happen or you've got to find all these bits and they're difficult to find. Um, it's not that like, I had some issues earlier while I was finding it difficult to find some stone. I didn't realise you could smash gravel and get stone. So I was like, oh, okay, that's actually really easy now to get the stone to build the thing that took me half an hour to do before I died before. Um, and you go round, you collect the bits, you make some stuff, you get told to do other bits, little missions, make some more stuff, and then eventually you get basically left to do your own thing. Um, it's like a a three D version of Stardew Valley, but without that much of the depth of Stardew or the charm of Stardew Valley. But it still has its own charm. Um, it is so hard to, to sort of like put into words why it's different and why it's not as good, but it's still good. Um, I suppose it's like saying, you know, buy your £4 steak from Tesco. Yes, it's good, but it's not as good as that fancy £200 steak you got from, like, that Japanese Wagyu restaurant or whatever um, that was cooked by an actual samurai's sword, virgin fire, or whatever. I don't know, whatever they say. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, that's your review. It's like a samurai sword's virgin fire. Um Cool. But yeah, you go through loads of quests, crafting, building, all that kind of stuff is in there. Um, I'm going to play it with Edith, I think. It's, it's charming enough. There's like, you do have to, like, some enemies, so there's some combat, but they're like um, cute enemies, critters, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, not, but it's not, I can't say to everyone, oh, you got to go and get this. It's just, it, it's fine. And, I'm enjoying it when I thought I was going to absolutely hate it. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, I'm always impressed with things that can drag drag you to a level of even liking it. You know what I mean? When you when you generally don't like that kind of thing. So that's, yeah. that's quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And the building tools are actually pretty good. It's got a lot of freedom with the building and stuff like that that goes on. And I've not even got to a like, I've, I've probably got so much more to unlock. And it's still quite restrictive on the whole, in terms of what I could do, but you know it's going to let you just go out at some point. It's going to let you just go and go, right, it's all yours now. Um, and, yeah, um, I think it's definitely one that I've played a couple of hours. I'm going to sit down with Edith now. I've got, once I've got through the tutorial stuff, and I think it's one of those I'll play with her on the Steam Deck. Lovely. Mm. Uh, but that's it. Three good games this week. Start comparison to the last couple of weeks where there was quite a bit of, um, uh, let's say middling games garbage no, I'm joking. They, were, oh, garbage, they weren't yeah. they weren't garbage no but yeah no they were middling yeah no they were all crackers this yeah, week but who cares about triple a when i've been playing beep for the past few weeks <laughs> and it's still really good yeah when can you talk about beep by the way
I'm just having a look to see what I can talk about, beep. Jeez, uh, I've had this code a long time. I can't even find... There we go. <laughs> just right at the bottom of my email <laughs> list. Um, embargo, November the 27th at 2pm. Ooh, quite a way, yeah. Jeez. I know. I'm very tempted to do a video on it instead. Or write, I might do video writing and talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, Because not? Beep is very good. <laughs> Absolutely. Do it. Uh, right, so... I'll shut up now. Sorry, Stu. I'll shut up now. Let's see if you want to add. Sorry. Oh, I always do that. I shut up and they go, oh, what about you? No, no it's all right. Um, no, I was just going to say, I have to get off because I feel absolutely terrible. Um, yep, can indeed. Great. All right. Well, if you want to just say, you know, oh, you know, blah, 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 I'll shut up now, Stu, and then I'll do the lead out if you like. Fine. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you're really genuinely doing that are you yeah and you can put that in <laughs> fair enough alright there you go peek behind the curtain look inside the sausage factory <laughs> we do things around here at MHG Towers uh, but yes we will speak to you next week and in the meantime follow all of our content on the socials join us on discord if you feel so moved stay away from being ill because I can testify that it sucks and in the meantime until next time stay safe and stay safe